Yo, the year is 2002. It's the end of the Jiggy era. People on the planet Earth are tired. In an effort to aid in the great shift, myriads of light bodies incarnate. To rock mics. Complex, this hip-hop alchemy When I was a kid I watched Electric Company Now I'm all grown, living life to the bone New tone, spaceship take me home Back to the seventh sun, the seventh one When I drop patience, Kevin's done This eloquent vernacular is black enough To bring the change of Dracula, ah uh, I'm hitting them with synonym adrenaline Then ascending up to the kingdoms of the heavens And a matter of time before this rhyme Infiltrates the bloodstream, enter the mind of a man Living a life in Babylonia I'm lonely as she went to California Frisco, hypnos, dick clothes, crystals, taking it back to the raw rap rock. You, bl- you, you blind, baby. You blind from the facts. Oh, yeah, cause you're watching that garbage. That garbage. You're not uptown, chilling at the corner store Thinking, why the hell do I front? I'm hardcore like Castro Master flows, past the golden lakes Whatever you think, it's all old, get it? Whatever the course, I will not force MCs acting a boss, they all get tossed off the plank Hold the dank, I don't burn I got a lot to say, but really lots to learn Turn, maybe you're just not concerned Whatever I'm here, thinking for the most huh? I yearn to turn Some hits, some hits, don't get fooled Two cameras, just a split and then yeah, 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 yes. Ooh, sound effects. That's new. Traveling car sounds. That's new. Yeah, this is Tian Buku One. And this is Yula. That's it? Yeah. Okay. This is Yula, straight up. We, the park ranger didn't make it past no, episode no, 40. Didn't okay. Stick. All right. And this is the Black Russian Podcast, episode 43, recap of. Five Fingers of Fresh Tour, <laughs> the second edition of Tour Life, Tour Wife. Third edition. Third edition. That's two point, right. 2.1. 2. 2.1. Yes. So that song was by Chaos and continuing in our hip hop theme because I was on a tour that was like supposed like a hip hop tour and <laughs> it was hip hop. It just wasn't the rapping element. It was the other elements, the graffiti and stuff. But I was feeling like a superstar. Went in the bowling alley. And I was bowling in strikes. And I was painting. Yeah, I was doing when the you outline. Three hundred. Yeah, I bowl, stuck a little three hundred in there. And uh, you know, I felt like a superstar when I was like outlining sometimes, and like my shit was coming out clean. A couple of them days, I'm like, I know if it was watching, like, damn, Buku just got that clean. Like he just be, uh, I'm like. I think the coolest part was all the stories that you put up on the on the Instagram so you could follow. Yeah, I did a, I did a good job. Yeah, you did a super good job with that. Try to channel my inner teenager now, like so document can, much of everything. I can only imagine how mad you'd get at certain people like, hey, what are you up to? Where are you at? What are you doing? You're like, uh, Oh my god, dude. 
since I've been back, there's a handful of people who are not following on Instagram, don't do stories, or don't even have Instagram. And they're like, yeah, so like, what you been up to? And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm like, oh, can no you go back and just, ah, oh, you missed anything. all of that? Like, oh, it's so much, just watch it. <laughs> but yeah, went out, made it back. We're here, shifting modes, getting into the fall, winter, daylight savings, which all brings this energy of like, calm, rooted home consistency versus like out and about, here, there, everywhere. So wait, wait, shit. wait. Next time I kick you out, it should be in the summer. Yeah, because I'm not going to leave <laughs> if it's before spring. I'm like, you can try to kick me out. I'm going to be fucking downstairs. <laughs> it's like, I'll kick me out. I won't be in your hair, but I'm coming here and I'm leaving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, now we're doing that and episode the last episode was Tour Life, Tour Wife Part 2, which is explaining to everybody how this tour came about and why even though the initial tour that I was on got canceled, we decided I should still go out and was we, we foresaw the benefits. And now it's afterwards. So we're gonna talk about what 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 occurred and see how close it was to what we envisioned. So if you're just hearing this out of the blue it's a good standalone. Don't touch that. What? No, I'm just it's, a, it's a good standalone podcast episode. But to get a full understanding of what we're talking about, listen to the last episode, 42, Tour Life, Tour Wife, Part 2. So before we get into our, our quotes, we like to say this, like we say in everything. I mean, every episode, not everything. We just say it everywhere we go. Whole Foods. How you doing? Yeah. First, before you ask us how I'm doing, I just want you to know. No, and I think it's modified now. We don't advocate any one relationship style over the other, whether it's monogamy, non-monogamy, polyamory, whatever, whatever, whatever. We don't advocate any one over that. What we truly advocate, and we're getting better at articulating, is we advocate honesty and freedom and growth and not, and we're against mandated. Anything that's mandated beyond your own will is what we're not. Like we all love security. We all like to be restricted, and it's fine to be in a monogamous relationship. Um, but if you choose, you want to alter that, and you feel you cannot, then you're kept against your will. We're not against that. If you are in some form of alternative non-monogamy polyamory, and you decide you don't want to do that, but you are you feel restricted to because of someone else's will, that's what we're not for. And we are 100% about being as honest and authentic as who you are as possible in the very beginning and consistently so you attract the people who are meant to be in your life and not ones where you feel you have to redact parts of yourself to fit in the box which is their liking of you so that's what we're about you know we don't yuck your yums just keep it honest keep it true yourself will appreciate that you'll probably have less ulcers less anxiety maybe less acne um, your dick might get harder and stay longer. Your punani might get wetter and stay juicier. Who knows? I don't know. Try honesty. Try out this. It's scary as shit. Because when we start trying, there's usually a lot of shit we have to clean up. But once you get clean, it feels really cool. It's like, yes. Ah. So, yeah, that's what it is. So I'm going to go into my quotes. So my first quote is, Thou shalt not let low vibe and trifling ass energy penetrate thy dope aura. Yeah, freakers of some hood spirituality, right? 
Thou shall not let low vibe and trifling ass energy penetrate thy dope aura. <laughs> it sounds like the French dude from, from uh, Hamilton. Right. No, I can't get my voice that high. We should invite him to, yes. to the podcast. Yeah, he probably's got some colorful things if he if he's honest to share. I'm sure he is. Yeah, good. He seems honest. As long as he doesn't have a, a wife or a boyfriend at home, then he's, he's got uh, a fiance. Okay, so maybe he probably. But won't they're be gay. There's so they may be open. More, yeah, there's a there's chance. A there's a better more chance. Honesty, right. I think, there than. Right. Second one is. Don't let getting lonely make you, in English, don't let getting lonely make you reconnect with toxic people. You shouldn't be drink. You shouldn't drink poison just because you're thirsty. <laughs> That's real. I'm gonna say it again because I fucked it up, and it's a really good quote that needs to be stated. Don't let getting lonely make you reconnect with toxic people. You shouldn't drink poison just because you're thirsty. Let that marinate. I know that's stinging a lot of us and out there. Like, okay, last one. <clears throat> Staying in a relationship just because you love somebody is not worth it. Love is not all you need. Respect is what you need. Reassurance is what you need. Happiness and freedom is what you need. Knowing every day you're one of their favorite persons is part of what you need. Learn to love yourself instead. I modified this a little bit to include some things that I kind of felt they left out, but. Love alone is not worth it. I could talk about this. Yeah. You could or you are. <laughs> um, that sounds like somebody we know. I, I could. I could agree with that. <laughs> I could talk about that. Well, are you going to talk about it or you just let me know that you have the skill and well, the ability to? it's your to, quote. So, you know, yeah. arguing with your quote is, you know, no, could you be can amend it. disrespectful. The moral of it is love so, alone is not enough. Well, yeah, but I would say that... Love includes respect and kindness and all of that. So how do you feel love without it? The same way you love family members that you don't really respect. And yeah, I haven't figured that one out. I might be like, I, I, yeah, I don't know me. how to There are a lot it. of people I love that yeah, I don't but like Yeah, but I know I you respect. always say that, but I don't, like, for myself, I'm like, I, uh, I haven't figured, I haven't reconciled those. <laughs> So, right. I I can't I have not I, perhaps I have work to do but I I she's on her quest. I'm I'm on my mantra is like never stop loving people, just adjust how you love them. So there are people I can't stand. There are people I really don't like. But for the sake of my own energy, I have to keep loving. I just be like. So. Yeah, that's why I said I could because I don't I I don't have that processed in my head. Right. Yeah. yeah. Episode seventy five. We'll revisit that quote. I gotta go get your cornbread out of the oven. Okay. Yep. <laughs> she got the cornbread. Is it good? Oh, haven't tasted it. Oh, I haven't tasted it yet. Okay. Cool. So it wasn't really a break. We just kind of gave her a minute to go. You know, take care of my cornbread because last episode was you know. Tour life, tour wife, which kind of stems like happy life, happy wife. So this one's like, you know, happy dreadhead, happy cornbread or good cornbread, happy dreadhead. Yeah, there we go. So that was my second quote. And we'll, you know, we'll expand on that as we go later on. Um, third one is until you change your thinking, you will always recycle. Why can I speak? You can speak. You can't read. Indica. Yeah, I slow down. Until you change your thinking, you will always recycle your experiences. 
Until you change your thinking, you will always recycle your experiences. We create the same schmiggus over and over and over again. So those are my quotes. What you got, girl? I got quotes related to life and death. We've been experiencing death around us somewhat more than... Mm-hmm. normal or usual or I mean death is part of life so you can't say not normal but you know it's just been happening and people that you don't expect to people that you don't expect to be gone are gone and you know makes you think mm-hmm. definitely makes you think about the you know the life and death seesaw and you know how it goes and why it goes so I've just been feeling it and thinking about it Um, so here's one perhaps the deepest reason why we are afraid of death is because we do not know who we are I feel it right thinking about death is you know a very interesting experience and I feel like the more I can get into being comfortable with myself right the more comfortable it is to think about you know death whenever that happens uh and then i was listening to aubrey marcus podcast yesterday and they were talking about death uh and this quote from him and his guest was super like made me really feel it uh basically you die the way you live right if you live in fear, you're going to die in more fear because everything becomes more pronounced. You mean like in your end days? Like, yeah, okay, like your actual process of dying. Right, right. You know, if you live in with love and open, that's how you're going to go. Right. Uh, and that, you know, if there is a motivation to live openly and in, and with love, that's that's really a good one. Um and then, uh, uh, blah, 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 blah. I yeah, have your disease. We're warming up. We're warming yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this one's about life. However many holy words you read, however many you speak, what good will they do if you do not act upon them? Right. Words alone only get you so far. If they're not digested and manifested into your actions, then... Words... Uh, you know, oh, God, I can't speak either. Uh, we've been talking lately a lot about all the trends, you know, hallucinogenics, right? including, you know, rituals and all that stuff, which is great as part of your spiritual normal life. Right. But questionable as a tool to for a quick fix. Right. Reading all the you know, spiritual books and following the rituals and this and that and this and that. I, you know, if you don't actually make it part of your life and experience and feeling, you're doing it for the sake of doing it in hopes of it saving you from yourself. Right. And and prevent making it easier so you don't have to do the work that we all have to do to take insights and experiences and make them part of our DNA that help us grow and evolve, yep. right? Yep. 
We can read all the books. We can take all the ayahuasca and pay to, you know, for shamans and going to Peru and all that stuff and still sit in the same bunch of feelings. Your thoughts, your environment, they all recreate itself based upon the connection, the relationship between those two. Like, if you grow up in a certain environment that's toxic, you go away and have ayahuasca and have an amazing trip, you come back slightly cleansed, you're coming back to that same environment that's toxic, that's going to recreate a lot of it because there's a lot of this environment that you created. So a lot of parts of it, you're used to it, you're comfortable with it, you relate to it. So there's so much more work that once, it's the same thing as like, you know, when someone decides to get sober and stop drinking, what they're what they're suggested by their counselors is that you're gonna have to change your environment, your habits, your your friends, mm-hmm. your social drink, your social places you go for social engagement, the way you um, relax yourself when you go on dates, and all these things because all of that is woven into the person that used to drink. Yeah, and your environment and your friends, a lot of them you're together with them because you guys share the same activities. So yeah, that's real, real spit. And all three? Yeah. That's there all go. three. There you go. That's up that that's the quotes part. So all right. the meat of the episode. I uh, wanted to ask you to without any preparation. Yeah. To just give me the you know, impressions from your whole tour. Right. And categories. Right, cool. You know, well, we'll do like an interview. You can ask me questions. As we go, it's like specific questions and I can free flow. Okay. So I'm not just rambling and all over the place categorized. So what's your first question? So when you were leaving, yes. describe to me how you were feeling. Like in the days leading up to leaving for the well, second time. Well, shit, in the time. days leading up to it, it was like I was, there was only a couple of days, right. like three days before yeah. I was still on the road. <laughs> Right, right. Um, well, don't argue with me. Answer the question. Uh, <laughs> How okay. did you feel in the days leading up to it before um, you left it? You know, I felt it was interesting. Um, it, it had, like I said in the last podcast, it was something I'd never thought about or pondered. So on one hand, I'm like, that's great. Fuck yeah. On the other hand, I'm like, well, but what's my structure like I'm used to having a tour with a function a place to be and these things that are like my my guardrails and so I was like okay and I felt that like well what do I do and so I I had to create a dummy route like I created a route and a flyer to make it feel like a real like a tour tour with rapping um but you know, since I had just started getting used to being out on the road, like being in a different city each day, I was already sleeping in my van, so I kind of had a routine. I was like, all right, well, as long as I don't get too comfortable at home, I should just kind of be able to like get back into that pretty quickly. And luckily, I wasn't home for like two weeks. Like, right. it was I wasn't home for like a month, and you're like, you know what? Eh, this ain't working, go. <laughs> it was like, I came back, I just unpacked my stuff, and I was just getting to like, I was going to start reaching out to people, saying I'm back, saying let's connect. And like right before I really got into that, you're like, yo, what do you think about going back out? Well, you came home on Friday. Yeah. And on Saturday morning, we had the conversation and I said that you should consider going back out. And you asked me to take time and 
make a decision from my perspective of what's good for me. Right. And you asked, you wanted that decision to be delivered to you by end of second football game on Sunday. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the metrics. But I told you Saturday night before we went to sleep that I had decided then that you were going. Right. So you didn't have right. time. Too you much had time, one yeah. day. Which is the best for me yeah. because if I'd have fully got back in the home mode yeah. and then I had to go, it would have been like, like starting a record again after you slowed it down <laughs> to a halt. So, you know, I, I was still in rhythm of tour. So on one hand, I'm like, yeah, this is great. But another hand, there's part of me that's kind of like, well, what do I do? Like, I mean, I know uh, I've, I've, I showed up at bowling alleys and I substituted, so I know it can be done, but like, you know, like, and so it was cool. I would say it was probably 75% like joy and excitement. Like, yeah, and then 25% just like, what? Like, we don't do this. We don't, we don't have shows. Should I try to like, I just kind of like this whole different, different paradigm. Um, shows is where a lot of times I'd meet people. I'd connect with people. I'd get my core nourishment from social interaction from on stage, you know, so that a lot of that, I think makes touring, uh, worth doing. Right. Like I, like we said before, I, I would, probably die touring if I was just tour managing. Right. You never, the one tour that you were on when you were just tour managing, yeah. I saved you from because I was like, hey, I really am not feeling well. Can you please come home? And you're like, oh, happily so. Right. Any other tour, you'd be like, yeah, like, no. Put some Robitussin on yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so, because, you know, tour touring is grueling if you're not getting doses of... Uh, Camaraderie, appreciation, yeah, that's ador- why adoration. I only go out stuff. for two or three days. Right. I have no interest in being like people ask me, "Do you go with him?" I'm like, "For what? Like to be in a car and like sleep in a different hotel every night? Fuck no!" All right. Yeah. So I was like, "Well, how am I going to get that?" Right. Because that's part of my nourishment. Right. So you know, low and little did I know that I would get more than that. Right. Um, and it would last longer because at my activities of painting. And bowling were a lot longer than my 20-minute set, and then I sit yeah. around and hang out and watch everything else. Like, I'm interacting and, and participating the whole time, um, which is really cool. So that's how I felt, you know, 75, 25. So how much of the 25 was a question on, like, why is she, is she kicking me out? What's happening? Why is she doing this? no. Luckily, I, I, we're close enough to where I, and I'm and I'm I'm comfortable well, in our motives and things to not be like, wait a minute. Well, and that's what I want to talk about, because, you know, that the way that you and I function is not how most people function. Right. So I think we should talk about it. Yeah. I've actually had people be like, she should talk to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I didn't have any concerns. It was very clear because we had talked about this through the years right. that I haven't toured about the benefits of the time when we had touring life and not just the benefits of me being out and meeting people, but the benefits of you having time alone in your routine and having time away for perspective to actually miss each other and really see each other from a space that's not like nose to nose. So we kind of knew about that and we were kind of subtly looking for opportunities to do that. 
So when it came up, we both understood that, yes, we should try to make this happen for all the reasons that we had already previously discussed, which included your time alone. But it maybe not have been as emphasized as this time. Right, and that's why, like, so are we doing, are you going to interview me? Yes, after, after, we, do, yeah, after we do, so me, you're going to ask you. me the same questions? I'm gonna because ask you. I have answers, I have more information on this one than. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Okay, yeah. just asking. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm you not going to be like, so are you happy? Good. All right, All cool. Right. Next up on Black Russian <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> we'll get her started. Uh, yeah, because, you know, uh, when you. And I was just thinking about it today. Like, it's been a long road for me to be able to straight up tell you, hey, you know, for my own sake, right? I would like you to go back out. Right. And it's uncomfortable. For you to say that? Yeah, right. for sure. So, like, you know, half of me is like, oh, I'm going to hurt his feelings. Right. He's going to be upset. <laughs> He's going to be... Right. Yeah, so I'm glad to hear that that 25% didn't include much, no. if not if any of it. No, and you know what I've I've learned about myself, and I was talking to a couple of people recently about it. Is like because they're like, what was it? Whiplash? Like going on this? Like you hadn't been touring much. You're on this the beginning of a nationwide tour where like you're rapping in front of like sold out like big enthusiastic crowds, which I haven't had a lot of. I've done right. shows, but they've been Real, real root root hip hop, (laughs) right? Root hip hop. So like being at you know shows where like you know I'm saying there's hundreds of people already when I get on stage and I got all this like yo like they're like because I've seen the videos like bad Buku's back videos of Buku rapping and dress flying and crowd call and response and then it's like shoot gone again. And I was saying you know, luckily I know. For my sanity from a very young age, I need to have hella win-win situation options. Plan A through fucking M. Right. So that way, if this is great, goes on, great. If that doesn't, there's other things that I'm, I'm excited about. Right. So it takes planning ahead. So when I went on this trip, on the rap tour stuff, like literally as I was going on it, I had this new thing in this documentary that I was so excited about (laughs) not to mention I love being home like I'm touring it's great but I do love home like we have a great relationship our family's great I love bowling league I love my routine at home I love all this painting with my with my brothers and us painting and like I love home so it's like this is gonna be dope but you know I know the dude may or may not make it so you know so that helps me a lot Otherwise, if this was like, you know, like I was saying to somebody like, you know, if I was like for the last six years working at Kinko's, just writing raps, reminiscing on the days when I was touring, looking at my friends on the road, just like, <sighs> and all of that. And then I get this one chance to go on a nationwide tour. And I'm like, right. oh, my God. And then it gets cut. And yeah. Oh, and then yeah. you're just like back to Kinko's. Yeah. Your friends are like, what happened to your tour, bro? And you're like, and the boss is like, great. Now that you're back. Yeah, and you know, it would be way different. And if I hated home, like me and baby mama had drama, and like, God, I just couldn't wait to get away from that. And like, you know, I finally get to go and like see other people and be, you know, because like I could sneak because it's on the road, you know, like 
right. all that. I mean, this is, this is all stuff that's obviously we know people who are in these circumstances. So it's not that far-fetched that this probably happened to somebody. But luckily, it's not me. Well, thus, it's a normal question that you get asked. Oh, yeah. Did you get whiplashed? Right. And yeah, like my home life and my tour life, um, other than the obvious lots of different places and different people, the core of it, it's all very similar because it's all me. Yeah. Like the type of people that I hang out with, the type of energy that I look for on the road is very similar to the type of energy at home and the type of people I look to meet at home. Which is amazing because <laughs> you are the same person. Right, but see, a lot of times people at home have to repress lots of who they really are to fit in the box of husband, uh, working at middle management, dad, all of that. Like they can't turn up and go ape shit at home, but that is a part of who they are. You turn up and go ape shit at home every night. So oh, it's dude! Not, yeah. If, if, by turning up and ape shit, you mean in bed <laughs> by ten, sleep by eleven. Oh, 15. you mean our new bed, yeah. our pimp bed. So yeah, you know, like my what I like to do, like my freedom space at home and on the road are the same difference. Where most people's, it's very well. That's the only reason that I've been able to be with you for this long while you were touring. Right, because I don't go balls out, gorilla. Go right, because you're exactly (laughs) the same person. So, you know, through the years, and I think we talked about it in uh, tour life, tour wife, part one. Right. Before you know all the big changes and or at the beginning of them. Right. The only reason that I was able to, you know, be steady with all that is because when uh, things got tough for me, like my go-to is like, okay, well, you know Tion, right? Right. Okay. Does he, do you think he does anything different on the road? No. Okay. Well, then there you go. Right. So if I was one of those dudes that like you see on Instagram videos, like some fan posted, it was like me just like... Yeah. Going nuts, drunk, eyes no. looking all crazy. Oh, hell no. Yeah. Yeah, so the good news is, is like I've worked really hard and to build a high level of life and joy and gratitude and space to have a, to have this. If I want to, if I want to, if I feel like I need NRE, I have the ability to go hang out with people more. Yeah. I'm not trapped. I'm not trapped in a routine. Um, the routine that we have is a routine that we've procreated happily. And if we want to change it or adjust it, we can without destabilization of our shit. So when I go on the road, like, I could be out going ape shit and going to clubs every night. I went to no clubs. Went to one bar when we were performing on the last show, last stop of the tour. <laughs> but other than that, like, I had no desire. I had no desire to go to a bar I had no like urges to like just go on a super okay cupid tinder swipe hunt so I could just meet somebody to to fuck around with that night. And none of that. Like my pace was pretty much the same. I'd swipe and then I you know I told myself like do it until you feel like this isn't fun and then do the, you know like right. if it's if you're in a town and you're only going to be there for a day and it's already 3 p.m. And nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. Like, calm the fuck down. Go bowling. Have some good food. Know you got some Netflix. So let's talk about your schedule on the road. Yes. Did you find it instantly? Did you? (laughs) How did? How did that? You know what's funny is 
it's I, I know this this part of the, like my story is so unsexy. It's like it's, it's not like boring it's, as it's like what <laughs> you know like literally my schedule on the road didn't change much from my schedule at home. Like you know, so this tour was very unique because there were no shows. Shows keep you up late. Right. And they change your schedule. Yeah, and they change your schedule. So naturally, you know, like... Right. So without shows, like my show was painting during the day with graffiti artists and bowling league at night from six to nine o'clock. So a lot of times, you know, I get up about seven, seven thirty, eight o'clock in my car, stretch a little bit, put all my clothes on, climb out, and then I go find a bomb ass breakfast spot. Treat myself to breakfast. I'm yet to tally up the food oh, the total. Bill? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll faint. They'll never get me out again if you do that. I'm like, I oh, can't afford it. They're like, we're millionaires now. Can't afford it. Um, so I do that. And then I would, um, you know, head out and I head out to another city. So I drive how many hours it is to a city. I Google bowling league. While you're and- swiping. Yeah, yeah. I switched my profile, okay, Cupid, a Tinder profile to the next city a right. day in advance. Like, say, right. for example, you know, I'm in Albuquerque. Right. And, like, I'm there for two days. And, like, by the first day, I'm like, yeah, I've made my laps. Like, it don't seem like nothing really is cracking. I've done enough. If someone's going right. to see me, they saw me already. Let me start and get a head start on Amarillo. Right. <laughs> so then I have technically a day or two to swipe before I get to Amarillo. Right. And if I get to Amarillo after a day or two of pre-swiping and messaging and I don't, there's nothing there, yeah, right. we gonna switch that over and just go ahead and go to Tulsa. Right. And you just kind of do it like that. Um, you know, so I'd bowl league, you know, and then I eat, you know, after I bowl league, it's pretty much wind down for me. So like, it's about 9.30. Unless you have someone to hang out with. Unless I have someone to hang out with. Right. And then we go hang out. But the hanging out usually consists of like, going to their house and watching right. something which I'm trying to think I yeah that happened yeah a few okay. times yeah it happened a f- like few times versus all the like so many times right. that so most of the time I'd be done and I'd go back in my my van climb in the back it's all tinted it's all dark it's all warm I have my iPad and you I have, have my phone heater I have my heater well that was like in the last three days <laughs> um, but you know, I have my connection to my world. Yeah. I have my phone. I could pose. I could check. Me, we could talk. I could talk to anybody else. So, like, if I wanted to, like, you know, talk sexy, we could talk sexy. I had other girls that I was connected with, home or somewhere right. else I could sex with. So, I was getting all my nourishment I wanted. And then I had lots of time alone. I actually like myself, which is helpful. Yep. I don't mind Netflix. My bed is comfortable. I'm not feeling like... A sap because I'm in my car. Like some people think like sleeping in your own car is like. Well, your car is different from like sleeping in a sedan. Right. Like, I, tell it's, them, it's, I tell them it's a spaceship, dude. Right. It's like fools be like, you sure you don't want to stay in our house? Yeah. And I go in to use a bathroom. And I'm like, oh, no, good. Like <laughs> way too many dogs and cats. And plus, like, you know, like. Privacy. Yeah, privacy. It's, it's literally like having my own mobile house unit is literally like bringing my house everywhere I go it's the most comfortable place um and so my schedule was like that I go to bed you know get in a van I'm probably asleep before midnight and I get up at 7 seven thirty, treat myself to some bomb ass breakfast and go paint or head out to the next city but each night I could ponder like what do I want to do I really want to go 
to my next stop or is there any other place so every now and then I just look at my Google Maps and be like where am I and where do I want to go right but one thing I wanted to make sure that I did was like do not waste energy trying to rekindle old connections right um, from tours years past and then sell yourself short with someone who's not that excited to see you Mm -hmm. so I was like I'd rather meet new people or know people if the vibe with the people that I've that I've already know is not warm, is not already like excited to to link up again, and to be honest, let me think. This whole tour, I didn't reconnect with any woman. Not physically. No, I mean not like yeah, like not like the way we used to. Right. Like, like I'm trying to think like. Were there any like women that I connected with from times past that I even hung out with? Yes. What city? St. Louis. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was, yeah, totally. That was like the only one. Right. And it was very friendly. Right. Like non anything. Right. But yeah, and that was the only one that turned out to be, I almost contemplated not going to do right. that because right. the vibe, the way people text sometimes, you know, everyone texts very differently. So the vibe, I did, couldn't tell if she, if she was excited or not. Right. Um, but when I got there, the vibe made sense. And, you know, it wasn't sexual. It was very, very buddy, which was the root of most of our connection. And it turned out to be an amazing trip in St. Louis. And she did plug me right. with the right connections to have two great painting experiences and skating experiences. Yep. So other than that, it was like meet new people or I'm good. Like my trip was not to go out and meet as many people as I could and, and, and having many crazy experiences. My, a big part of my trip was to be with myself, to bowl and connect with people I meet bowling and painting. And just, you know. So what's the, you know, like this trip manifested from us realizing that, uh, you know, part of it was us realizing that we think we're free. Mm-hmm. But we're still so constricted by certain do's and don'ts and assumed things that we do and other things that we don't do, right? right. So it was about pushing through that and experiencing mm-hmm. freedom. Yeah. Or experiencing more freedom. I'm sure beyond that, there is more There's freedom. There's levels and levels, you know? yeah. But so what was the biggest... Uh, like when did you mostly feel like wow I'm actually totally free well a lot of the freedom for me because my my biggest restriction constriction for friction is um, the (coughs) the residue from being poverty conscious right the feeling that um, there's not enough money and if there is now there may not be later right so there's just certain things you can't do. And if you want to do them, you have to create business to do it, monetary business to do right. it. So you have to have an income stream to offset to justify. the expenses. Right. Like if I want to go paint in another city, I need to find someone who will fly me out to do a show or something that I can right. paint. Same with I want to hang out with a girl that I hung out with. Like I can't just be like, I'm going to fly out because we got a good good vibe. It's like, yeah, I, we do have a good vibe. <laughs> Man, if I could but figure I feel, out a way to get out know, there. So I feel with that, there's, it's dual restriction. It's both that you and I are just not used to that level of, you know, hey, I want to go to whatever, Oklahoma, right. to hang out with this girl that I really like for right. a few days. Right. 
you know, like we'd never done it. Right. And now on this trip and like, you know, when you were on this trip, I think, or you were going, right. I told you straight up that that's what I want us to get to. Right. But it's not like it's right. It's not something like what we've that done we've do. done. And, you know, like we've put it out there as like I, I felt like that's what I want to do. Right. You know, and that's where I want both of us to be. So it's both. It's money and it's that level of really trusting your partner. Like, hey, I really like this person and I want to go and spend two or three days with them. Right. Yeah. So, you know, so the biggest level of freedom for me was paying for gas and not looking at how much it is to fill up the tank. Um, going and buying food when I wanted, where I wanted and not worrying about how much it was costing Yep. You know, treating somebody to dinner who's been good to us without worrying about blowback from you or just me being like, damn. You know, and that to me, that's the freedom. Like I was just thinking the other day, like, you know, definitions of success for me are like, you know, one of the first ones we talked about before is being able to buy multiple boxes of cereal at a time and not worry about it. Because growing up, you buy one box of cereal at a time. Mm -hmm. You couldn't just have a whole cupboard of different cereal. You know, and then, you know, one of the ones that, you know, we've got used to it, but I just thought about it the other day. It was like, you know, I don't even know how much gas is because I don't look at the, I don't look at it. I don't have to look at it, which allows me the freedom to not have to look at that where there were many, 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 many years where I'd look at it and be like, oh, shit. let me get, uh, let me get 10 on <laughs> pump well, three. Right. I mean, you and I did that when we were like, Oh, we have this SUV. That's right, amazing. That's but gas just went up by like a dollar a gallon. Right. We can have this SUV. We have to yeah. turn it in. So like, you know, getting past that and then just remembering that like, damn, that's dope. Like I, Cause it was on tour every now and creep in like, right. damn, like you're about to you're spending damn near twenty five bucks every meal, right? At least that's if I'm eating alone, right? And there's a part of me is like, damn, that's like, dude, it's gotta it's gotta hit at some point. So we gotta feel it, right? And so part of me, that little part of me, would brace for it, you know, just somehow feeling it, like either right. you being like, yo, like, dude, this is a lot, or. You know, just something to something that well, would. Well, I know. have to tell you that I have not looked. I know what the, the totals are, but I didn't go to break them down. I don't know specifically why the Amex bill is what it is, and right. I'm gonna leave it at that. Right. You know, and that's how it's gonna be. Exactly. Somehow that, we've always managed to pay the bills, and money keeps. Yeah, and that's you know, for so. me, it's like there's always a part of me that when we do stuff or buy stuff or buy more paint or or. Or a whatever, new bed, the third shit. bed, yeah, in three all this years. stuff. I'm always there's a part of me that's always like just getting ready to be like, okay, well, since we did that, we really got to just dial it back, and we got to be on a budget of you know, and like I'm always like, and then right. like after three weeks, I'm the like, lights oh, are still oh, we're still on. alive. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Car hasn't like, been yeah, we, didn't, we didn't sell it back and get a used Corolla. Um, so to me, that's the biggest levels of freedom. That's what I felt like. If I need to go buy some more paint, so buy more paint, buy more food. What about just like looking at the map and going, huh, where do I want to be tomorrow? Right. That was a trip because for the first half, I literally, 
was like treating it like a scavenger right, hunt. Right. I mapped out these cities. <laughs> I have to go there. It's like it's like a video game. Like I really have to go there to get the power pellet. If I don't go there, my mission will not be complete. <laughs> so I'm literally like hopping around damn near cities almost every day. Bang, 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 bang. And I was just like, I don't know if this is like why am I doing this? <laughs> why am I doing this? And so I stopped and I was like, you know. And so I decided to like, I can actually change places. And that first real one was like, yeah, I don't want to go to Dallas. Right. There's like, nothing I, I there. I was trying to stir it up. I had met this, this, this black woman on, on, on. Oh, can we talk about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so, okay. From here in California, what polyamory looks like. Is very ecstatic, dancey, very Caucasianish, heavy, Caucasian heavy. I mean, it includes people of color, but oh. very like. Yeah, I just say exclusively yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying yeah. Caucasian heavy. Yeah. To a lot of people of color in the Bay Area, polyamory looks like some hippy dippy, not soulful stuff. Right. You know, unless you're in the LGBT community, and you have another pathway in it. Right. So, but we ended up through our through the podcast. Linking up with some people who have podcasts who are black um, from the South, who or from like North Carolina and Texas and other places, right. and we found there's this whole other world of polyamory, like black poly, yep. all over. So we're kind of like that's dope because it's soulful. Mm-hmm. It looks totally different. Yep. It looks something like a little more resonant to like what a soulful um, cultured the interpretation of the freedom. Why right. they do it seems different. Right. So it was dope. We were excited about it's that. It's more it really connected cool. to how. It used to be how the society before, like the right. the Europeans came to take over, right, were, and colonized marriage right. and, and took the power away from women. Right, yeah, right. polyamory, like. polyamory in like Black and Native American communities, um, and the, what I've seen in the modern day, their purpose of doing it is more for community community rebuilding and families re- right. strengthening. Right, tying it back to the culture, how yeah. it how it should be. Right, we can pull yeah. resources together if we get over yeah. this ego, and we can start building, and we can have, uh, you know. So I was excited. So when this woman matched me in yeah, Dallas, Dallas. Yeah. So I was, you know, I was in Tulsa, and I was like, oh, right. okay, like. You know, bald. I'm not a super bald headed person, but she was beautiful. And I and I was like, you know, I sat on it for like a day or two. I'm like, I looked at her stuff. I'm like, no, nah, okay. So we started talking and the vibe is hitting it off. Boop de whoop from Oakland. She's like, oh, I just moved from the Bay. I'm like, oh, okay, dope. Like Black Panther, whoop de doop, oh, dope, da 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 dope. And so we're t- we're literally talking it's, about when we're going to meet up the next day. Right. Like you shared her profile with me. Yeah. Like, literally the same, like, an hour before the whole thing went down. Yeah. You're like, hey, I'm talking to this woman. She seems really cool. You know, it's that whole black poly thing. I think it'll be weird. We were both like, yeah, that'll be awesome. Right. It'll be dope. Because that was one of your considerations, whether you go to Dallas or not. Right. It was like her and then my homeboy. But yeah, so it was like kind of like, that's kind of cool. Like, it's worth, that kind of might be the linchpin of going. Like, let me just go. So we're like, you know, she's like, you know, do you want to meet up? At like the farmers market and blah blah blah. I'm like, well, I'm not gonna be there till like six. Right. You know, go bowling or whatever. So we was talking about really cool shit. Normal conversations flowing, flowing, flowing. And uh, so I was saying, you know, she was saying that one of her one of her primary lovers is here, and the other one's like in Barbados or something, and she's thinking right. about moving there and all that stuff. And I'm like, cool, you know, like you know, me and my wife, we've been here for all these years. And we got the podcast. It's called the Black Russian Podcast. She's like, oh, okay, word. And she's like. 
Wait. No, you send what her is? a. So oh. you send her a link to the podcast, and it has our picture. Oh, on it. right, 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 right. So I send her the link of the podcast. She was excited to listen to the podcast. Yeah, she's like, and oh, you okay, send dope. her the, the link, yeah. and then she. So then she's like, wait. So is your wife white? And I'm like, yeah, she's Russian. She's like, oh, oh, no, nah, like. I'm sorry. Like, I don't want to be... I just don't. It wasn't like I don't yeah. want to. It was yeah. just like, I don't. I don't. Yeah, she said, I don't. I'm not, I'm not interested in, yeah. in connecting with uh, anybody who's not black and doesn't and dates others in black. Right. And I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, peace be unto you. Wassalamu <laughs> <laughs> well, alaikum. It felt, in a, it felt a certain way. And I was like, all right. So then I told you... And it was like, I'm sure it felt like some kind of way for you. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm like, it's oh. Like, damn, I can't even, you can't even get in the party. Like, damn, like. I'm like, now I'm like some, but, you know, I yeah. can't say much because, you know, like, I also understand why black people would do that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, my personal ego aside where I'm like, I don't see color. I'm like, yeah, okay, but I'm white. You right, know, right, like, right. it's not, I understand. Yeah. Uh, it's unfortunate. It was fascinating because, like, yeah. Quickly after our butt hurt of like, what the fuck? Right. We're like, you know, okay, I understand there's, right. you know, building black communities back up for, for self-sustaining and independence right. is so necessary. Yep. A lot of times integration, if not done right, can water down the blackness of a person versus yeah. right. bringing more black into that. Right. And so I understand as further you get south... It's still very much yep. so, the spirits yeah. and the energy of that is like, yo, well, all I, I, I build with cats at work. I have these friends, but my core community is over right. here because at any given time, this shit goes down. I know where they're going to be. Right. So we got back on. We got back to level. It wasn't right, like you and mad I, at her. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. It, it wasn't long. It was interesting. No, it but was but no, interesting it was the first feeling. experience with that. I was yeah, like, yeah. damn, like so. Oh, is it exclusively? I don't know. I mean, we, I, we can't judge the whole black poly space on that her but it was definitely like oh well shit i guess by default i'm not right good enough you're not good enough you're failed i'm like i could dig it you failed a big test and so basically i was like all right well um yeah i'm not really going to dallas like the painting situation it wasn't fully dialed in my other homie it wasn't fully dialed in and i was like you know i've never been to memphis i'm gonna go there but, like, why go from Tulsa four hours south and then go five hours northeast? I'm oh, like, yeah. so I hacked off Dallas as a first <laughs> casualty. Of like, How did that feel? Liberating. Yeah, there you go. I felt free. Like, yeah, I felt free. <laughs> Fuck that. Boom, straight to Memphis. Spent two days in Memphis, which yeah. turned out to be great. Yeah. You know, on many reasons. So, you know, being able like to. Like, for what reasons? Well, I met someone who was super cool. Like, like literally, as I was getting there, right. we started talking. Um, I I drove into town and I was like, "What's the best barbecue in Memphis?" Right? So like that was my thing. There's right, two right. spots. So, drove to the first one. And they're like, you know, we're actually closing early. Go to this other spot. So I pull up at the other spot and park, and I'm like, look right across the street, and literally right across the street is the Lorraine Hotel, which is yeah. a famous. Uh, spot where Martin Luther King got shot, but where a lot of black jazz musicians and black actors and used to, used to stay there, but they have a whole museum on there. So I was like, dope. So I had barbecue, stayed, like literally slept in my car right across the street from that. Found a dope skate park, painted a dope wall, 
So it was great. So hacked that shit off. Left Memphis, went to South Carolina. Got there, my homeboy was like, yeah, I can't do that. My, my dad broke his leg. And my other friend was just like, yeah, you know, let me know when you get here. We'll maybe we can, you know, I'll, I'll check my, in. If my plans yeah. with my boyfriend don't interfere. Yeah, well, no, not that. He just do that. But you know, like, which wasn't really like, right. like let me let me make sure I, I carve out this space. It's more like, okay, whatever works for you. Let me know. We figure it out. So like, I sat there in South Carolina, got an oil change, and I was like, you know what? Like nah, and just fucking beelined it to DC. Straight to DC. So once I started doing that, I was like, okay, like every other few days, I'm just double checking the map. I'm like, okay. And then, you know, like after Boston, I was like, I was supposed to go up to Woodstock and I was like, that eh, fell through. So I ended up, you know, after my left my Massachusetts area, I was like, and I was gonna go, so I wanna go to Buffalo, to Detroit, Chicago. And then I was like, well, if I go down, I could go Syracuse. Columbus and go do my boy's podcast of right. Super Duty Tough Work and see my boy Jason and then go to St. Louis and just go Midwest across. Yep. So I just started doing that and then just like from there we just audibled all the way. Right. We're and, done. It was and, dope. And your podcast turned out to be turned amazing. Really dope. Got a lot of good love from that. Um, yep. They said it was, it was one of their favorite. Um, and yeah, it just, you know, like I painted a dope wall there. You know, I got some good family time with Jason and his kids. Uh, just a podcast was dope. Connected with my boy Blueprint. It was super dope. Check out Super Duty Tough Work podcast if you're into hip hop and entrepreneurship and just. I mean, uh, it, even ju- just listening to them is cool. Yeah, they're really good people. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just kept audibling and like Taylor making this more and more towards the end. Now, if I did this again, yeah, I'd probably start that you. with like, yo, just going into this. This I have is a my general round, direction, right? Yeah. right. If it ain't right, I'm not going. I, like, you know, literally, I could have been like, yeah, you know what? I only want to go that far east. Right. Just I'm gonna just going to go straight up to Minnesota right. and go over to Seattle and go into Vancouver right. and spend three to four days here and four days there. And record. I mean, this was yeah. cool because you saw friends that you hadn't seen. Right. This was like going to visit Mm-hmm. Family, right? Mm-hmm. Because you did see friends that you hadn't seen before. Right. In, I mean, in, in a while. Long time. In a yeah, long yeah. time. So, I mean, you probably wouldn't do it every year. No. Next time that we decide that it's your time to be gone for a month, you'll figure something else out. But yeah, it'll be, I know I have the whole lay of the right. land. Right. Uh, and the only part that I, because people are like, you know, well, did you get nervous? Like you're driving across the country in the heartland and weird places and, you know. And I said, you know, I was only super nervous twice. I got pulled over twice on this uh, this tour, the, the rap tour. I got pulled over for speeding, and but I was in Oregon. I don't really. It's funny. I, I I'm still nervous everywhere, even here when cops get behind me. But it's a whole different level of nervous when you're not in your home state. Right. Um, and I was reading, I was listening to the audiobook Malcolm Gladwell's new book called Talking with Strangers. Um, which is talks about how we horribly we, we're horrible at communicating with strangers, especially if they don't look like us, not from our background. Um, and one of the parts that goes into is a Sandra Bland story about how her and this cop ended up intersecting at this pullover way, pulled her over. And the, the tactic he used, he was trained to use was if you see anything suspicious, right. like literally like as little as a license plate that is not the state it's in. Yeah. 
pull it over and then start talking and seeing if you can if you can trigger them to act differently or you can just give you more excuse to keep looking. You know, that's like that's how the Israeli security works. Right. At their airports. Right. They don't rely on uh, machines, but every person like we've been there. Right. They question you. Yeah. On the way in and on the way out, and that's what they're using. Like they're watching your response, right? And if you if if something's not matching up, they keep going deeper, right? But that's educated. Hopefully, yeah. Well, it's yeah, it's more educated. They do than, it. Right. It seems to me that they do it more on a broader thing versus like race is so sensitive yeah. in America that yeah. you know if a white cop saw a black person driving an out of state license plate. Right. That's enough. Yeah. If a white cop sees a white person with obviously a license plate, they're thinking tourist, traveling, business, I whatever. Mean, I was driving 90 miles an hour straight by the cop and nothing happened. Right. So, you know, that type of stuff, um, when, I, when I got pulled over, it was like just after I really listened to that part. And so right. I was so spooked. Um, both times I got pulled over, I turned I mean, out to you get, you know. texted me that you just got pulled over. Yeah. I mean, and, and the crazy right. thing is, is like, you have to do that. Like, as a right. black man getting pulled over, you're like, okay, well, shit, let me let my wife know. So, you know, I'm right. pulled over. I don't know what's going to happen. Right. Everybody be on guard because it's fucked up to think about it, but it's real that literally anything could happen. Anything could happen. And that's the craziest feeling of, like, knowing that and not going, it's a long shot. Going, like... So 50, 50. It's fair game. Right. So just trying to like stay calm and as disarming as possible. But only those two times were like, the, I mean, every, where I slept, I felt great. Everywhere I slept, uh, bowling alleys, bowling with different people all over the country was great. Even Amarillo, Texas was probably the most Texas small <laughs> town ever. But I'm sure a lot of them are on the other side of the political right. aisle. Right. Of and if they Majority, saw me somewhere else, yeah. they probably would not be. But there, bowling, we're family. Right. And so it was amazing to see the camaraderie through bowling everywhere I went. You know, people, like, league teams were taking me in, whether they were gay, whether <laughs> they were, like, you know, like 70, 80-year-old black women or white country, like, Texas right. women. Um, young or old, even did I even paint it? I even bowl painted. I even bowl with a bunch of Patriots fans, oh. which is blasphemous. If they just knew I was from Oakland, <laughs> I'm I just sure from you the told them. Yeah, California. Oh, okay. Yeah, I bowl at Albany Bowl. Right. Okay. They'd have been like, "Yo, Raiders fans." <laughs> but um, you know, it was great. That was really cool. But that was very freeing, and I felt comfortable. I did feel safe. So, would you be comfortable with me doing that and sleeping in the car and stuff? Um, I would be a little more apprehensive just because you weren't brought up in the States with the States type street smarts. I think your privilege kind of <laughs> puts you in situations that you don't realize may or may not be the best situation when it comes to that. That's what your mom wrote in her one of her diaries, remember? What part? That I'm smart, but I'm not street smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, like money allows me to not have to be street smart when I was growing up, but yeah, I mean, like, I would, pr- yes, I would be, I would be apprehensive, but I wouldn't stop you from doing it because 
you know, white women travel all across the country and fucking backpack and go right. camp out in the woods by themselves. <laughs> like, you know, I know it's way more likely that that's fine than me. You know, even with all the serial killers and like abductors and shit like that, as crazy that is, that's still less dangerous than just being black and driving right. around. So, you know, um, if you were like, I want to drive across the country and sleep in the van, I'm like, all right, cool. Here you got your mace. Would you put Bear like? Mace. Would you actually, for once, track me on my phone? If that's what we decided we wanted to do, um, and also it may be. It may almost backfire. It may make us more paranoid and more concerned. Right. Right. Um, it still has to be on the faith and like trusting and just, you know, like how we were in the 80s. People, we traveled or people went to go visit their friend's house and walked right. to like blocks. Right, like we do with the kids. Yeah, right? you don't know until the kids get home or until right. the kids get in there. So I think if you overdo it, right, you get a little paranoid. So, you know, yeah. So it's been a good chunk yeah, uh, we'll save the second half for yours. We won't do that. Well, I want. I have. Another, I have the last question. Oh, we do. We can talk forever, girl. Go ahead. We ain't got so, a cap on our podcast. <laughs> so, if you were to describe your experience in colors, what would that be? And did they change, like from the beginning of the non-show tour through the end? How did it change? Um, it would be, it would be a rainbow with lots of oranges and turquoise. <laughs> so a rainbow with like extra oranges and turquoise. It was very warm. It was very bright. It was very diverse. Um, it was calming. It was one of the first tours where there weren't spikes of adre- adrenaline, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Touring without an adrenaline spike from performing. Right. The trip, like the adrenaline you get from painting with someone, is more steady because you're painting for an hour or two and you're chilling and hanging out. It's more right. mellow. And the, the adrenaline you get from bowling league is, it's like that too. Like you right. get adrenaline, you get excited because you know people are checking you out. They're like, who the fuck is this dude with these pink shoes bowling strikes? Um, you know, everyone was like pleasantly like, wow, this dude is like, you know, real deal. Yeah. So. But you speak so well. Yeah, you bowl so well. You know the bowling language. You came in with a bag. You have the 300 ring on your hand. Right. Um, but yeah, like you know, it was, it was rainbowish. And the like the range of feeling, like the overarching feeling, was warm turquoises, oranges, reds. It's so warm. Like, I felt calm, warm. warm. Yeah, calm. bright, warm, um, gratitude and joy, and I felt loved. I felt very loved. I felt very loved. Um, it's just a different kind. It's like instead of spikes yeah. of love through like encounters with somebody that's hot, right. lots of deep, warm love. Yeah, that was it's, as fulfilling. You know, it's interesting because we've been talking about how you know there's two different ways basically of you know how we live right we most of us you know start out without understanding that we can control like our vehicles Mm -hmm. so we go on these rides the highs and the lows right Right. the high like we go on a high chasing the high because that's how we want to feel 
and then we crash and we don't eventually after a while we're like oh these highs come with these lows right like there's it's no like, it's way like of high risk gambling right there's right. no way to ride the highs only and not feel the lows right so then some of us eventually go let me even this out right but then other people are like nah i like my highs and i will take those lows right and anything and I, that's conscious right. and you're aware of it, then you don't, you're not surprised when you bottom out at times. You're just right. like, yeah, it's part of the part of the course. Most people, unfortunately, don't, they, 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 they don't understand the lows. Like, well, how did I get, I don't understand it. It was like, right. you know, like it's like high risk gambling. Like if you're, every time you go to gamble for a high, you're putting, you're mortgaging your house and you're going to your savings and you take a big ass loss. Like you've dipped beyond what you were able to handle. Yeah. But then when you win big, it makes it all worth it. Right. Not me. No, definitely not you. I mean, your highs, you know, the highs are very controlled. Yeah. I chase upper mids and plateaus. Right. I like plateaus. That's a hard one for people to understand. Yeah. Uh, So this one was... God, stop. Can you hear that? Yes. I'm it's like sorry, you I'm, hit smacking, my, I'm, my ears. I'm smacking my headphones because of one of them. One of the ears went out. I feel like my ears need so to pop. Now, now you have to smack okay. my ears, too. I'm sorry. Sorry. Sorry, guys, on the podcast. It's <laughs> me being, being doofus. Yeah. Yeah. So that what you're describing as a calm, steady, warm love is how you actually have created your yeah. life to be and like and over the last 20 years that we've been around each other that's been steadily your goal right and like it seems like you've gotten a lot closer to it over yeah. the last few years and uh you know it's helped it definitely i feel from where i sit I feel like, you know, also part of the story, you've spent so much time by yourself. Right. You know, the whole experience of losing your mom's physical presence, you know, that was like you had a lot of time to just hang out with mom and and digest all that process. And that went into the feeling of warmth and love and steady and connected. connected. And, And that's the thing is like, you know, if you're if you're working on the connection, you're connected wherever you go. You're not connected because you have this set of friends or you have right. this this the career accolades. If you're connected, you're connected through your energy and you recreate. Like what I felt on the road was a was a reflection of me because it's yep. the same energy I felt here when I met people. The type of people I met, we connected that way. Right. Even if it's bowling for just okay, we're bowling three games and I'm gone. Like it really felt, yep. and the crazy thing is, is like, um, I felt sexy, but I didn't have much sex. Yep. Like I felt sexy, meaning sexy and sexual energy in the sense of like really deep, connected appreciation, and like attracted, like you know, and it's not like on the no sexual. When I'm painting right. with these writers, I feel sexy. All the writers were men on the strip, but I feel sexy, not because of sexual fuck me sex, but because they're stoked that I'm there. They're they're and they're fascinated. They're attracted to my story, to what I'm doing, so to my style. Which is sexy, yeah, right? Exactly. Lot, yeah, like so sexy, you feel yeah. when we feel seen, like really, really seen. Yeah, that's what 
love and sexual energy is. Right. Like to me, like, you know, we get to my parts. Right. But that's what I've learned for myself over right. the last few months. Like that's what I want. Like I really, really, really want to be seen right. in that like full on way. Yeah. Not just because, you know, I have an ass or because whatever, whatever, right. you know, uh, but as a whole, right. me with my energy, with all of it. Yeah. And that's, that's why that, that's the sexual energy. Yeah. And it's, a, it, that's one of the coolest, like if you, if let's say, what was the, what was the overall takeaway would be, I, tr- we truly create our environments where we go and how we perceive things. Yeah. I looked for camaraderie and I found it. If I looked for contrast, I could have easily found it. Yeah. If I looked for people judging me, I could have found it. If I looked for racism, I could have found it. Right. Um, I was looking for love and camaraderie, um, and I found it. Yeah. You know, uh, I was looking to see people deeply and be seen, and I found it. Yeah. Um, and so I felt full. I didn't go like, damn, I ain't had sex in hella long. Right. It's like, because I felt full. Right. So, yep. Can I, I need to uh, insert the correction? Yes. When you said it was, when you were painting, it wasn't, you know, uh, you felt sexy, but it wasn't sexual because it was all guys. Right. That's just because you're not attracted to guys. You have to put a correction in there. Yeah, let me admit that. I was painting with heterosexual men. Right, and you are heterosexual, so there Me you being go. heterosexual, right. Right. yes. There you go. But the hugs were longer. Mm-hmm. It, I felt like with the bowling and with the painting, like the connections that we, I made with the crews were painting, yeah. they felt more comfortable to embrace me and yeah. me to embrace them yeah. longer than like their homies. Yeah. You know, oh, it's like, real. You know, which is great because how rare that is, right? Yeah. Like, well, no, it's real. You know, it's definitely the energy that you, you generate. Yeah. So that was really dope. So yeah. Any last questions before we go into the break? No. That's, yes. I, that was it. That's all that I, I hopefully created a full entire picture. Yeah, it's, it should be decent enough. You know, people may have a few questions they can ask later. Yeah. But yeah, this is the Black Russian Podcast, episode 43. Five Fingers of Fresh to a recap. Boom, boom, boom. The sun shall not smite eye by day, nor the moon by night, nor the pestilence that lurks in dark places, nor destruction that wasted at night. When I look at where I'm coming from I know I'm blessed And I close my eyes and smile Sometimes I feel like The richest man in Babylon And I've done my best So everything's alright Inside Oh, every morning Oh, every morning Stare at the sun I know. I know it is a blessing So when the evening comes I Lift up my eyes to this I'm blessed, oh man With my two hands in the air As far as I can
Yes, yes, y'all. The Black Russian Podcast back again. That was Chronics with I Can. And we are back. And now we've dealt with my side of the tour. I was the one out and about traveling the land, living in the minivan. And Yula, a.k.a. Yoda, was at home. Doing her home thing. Happily so. Very happily so. Okay. So let's take it back to what was your process from when you heard that my first tour was canceled and I was coming home? How did you feel? Like what what went through your mind? I was like, what? That's not how it was supposed to be. What about my time? Like that was my first thing. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, well, you know. I guess it really is over. You know, Tion is coming home in a couple of days. So let me redial it back to, okay, our home life is back. And, you know, by Friday, I was like, okay, no, it'll be cool. Right. He'll be back. It'll be cool. That was my process. Right. So when did it turn from like, all right, well... Not really how, how we explained it, but, you know, it'll be cool to like, oh, no, no, I think, yeah, I think. Yeah. Well, it was like, I was really feeling like, you know, this wasn't a normal tour when you're out and I am uh, at home and right. I find that, you know, after a while, it's happy, I'm cool, you know, um, I find my groove, but it takes me a few days or a week to find my groove. This one was different because it was, uh, I needed my space. Like we started going through a serious, uh, serious process of me uh, realizing that I had created this life for myself where I subconsciously fully attached myself to us and I didn't pay attention and didn't create a lot of space for myself so difficulty in trying to connect with someone outside of us uh, you know which is difficult to begin with but it was uh, made it more it, it, it like me not having my own space to begin with by my own design makes it ever so difficult to all of a sudden want the, my own space because I'm connecting with someone else does that make sense yeah so I realized you know right around this tour that I actually have to put work into creating my own space and doing that in the middle of, you know, a long-term committed married life is not easy, like, at all. So when this tour of yours came up, I was like, that's perfect. It will give me time to start my process, right. you know, of, of uh, finding my space. So when that didn't, you know, when that came to a halt, I, the reason why it felt so uh, unsettling to me was that, hey, I got work to do, and I know that this work is going to be so much harder if I don't do the initial 
like set of what I need to do when you're not around. Right, right. So by the time that um, you were coming home, I was like, okay, well, I, it's not like I have a choice. So, you know, it's going to be a hard work, but overall, I'm happy he's home, you know, but, you know, it's going to be hard on me. Um, and then I was talking to Aaron about his, um, about him doing the, taking the gap year. And that's when I realized like, hey, I'd never taken a gap year. And then the thoughts starting to come in that, that thing doesn't work, that, um, you know, Tion had never gone out on his own to do anything without like really having that attached, be attached to uh, a purpose outside of just being out and about. So maybe that's what, you know, we need to do. Right, right, yeah. And that's how the whole... Uh, you know, hey, you can be out and you should be out uh, to experience that and, you know, continue with your time alone. And I also really need it. Right. So once you once you felt that, um, what were the internal steps that you felt you had to make to go from like, yeah, no, I'm feeling this to like, yeah, no, I'm thinking this needs to happen to, okay, now I need to talk to Tian about it. Well, I talked to you about it and, you know, just to share my view on, hey, you know, we think we're free, but we're not. And now is the time in our life where, you know, we have some money we can spend. The kids are definitely not in need of two parents. They're barely in need of one parent at home. So that's not an issue. So really, you can be out right but my thought pro you know and i shared that with you easily like that was really easy to share and then you're like well i want you to make a decision based on what's good for you uh and um that was the difficult part because i'm not used to being vocal about what's good for me if it's you know something that i think might be sensitive for you So that thing was, um, you know, when I was taking my time to figure out, all right, well, what is it that I really actually want to do? Uh, I spent most of the time thinking, what is my motive? Right, right. Like, I felt like I wanted you to be gone, like, you know, to take time to be out. Right. But I had to really understand what my motive was. And to check out and make sure that it was clean, that it wasn't some like, oh, I want to do things that I cannot do while Tion's Tion's at home. Right. You know, like I really wanted to make sure that that was not my motive. And that my real true motive was like, no, I really actually do need a lot of time on my own right now. And it's really a lot easier to do when you're just not here. Right, right. And, um... Yeah, and did we, we didn't really go into, like, the last big bump, did no, we? No, not at all. Right. No, not. Okay, so, like, you know, just a quick, as we as we add into this, so, you know, this this tour, it came, the starting of, this, of the, the official tour season, we'll call it tour season, 
came at a time when you had got to a point where you felt like, okay, I'm ready to get back out there yep. and start doing things. So why don't you, so we don't skip steps because that's a huge part of this new space that you wanted to take to learn to like really start doing what you're doing. So give, give them the Black Russian podcast synopsis of kind of what went down enough to where they fully, you know, understand what, where you are. Cause I think it's a huge part of right. your transition. Right. So, you know, before you went on a tour, you know, for a long time, I was feeling like, Hey, if I wanted to, uh, go back out and like meet people online, right. how do I feel about that? And I always ran into this, like almost panic, like fear right. of just imagining connecting with someone and having conversation and having that go in like sexual attraction way, like caused me this panic level fear. Right. Uh, so I knew that that wasn't anything that I should be doing mm-hmm. while I feel that, uh, you know, between the time that your mom passed away and, you know, like right before this tour, I went through a super serious time period of, uh, just dealing with my fear in general. Right. You know, a ton of fear came up, uh, when you said that, Hey, we need to start taking more space, you know, like doing our own separate things like that triggered a whole bunch of super deep fear. And then my work staff was, was going through a big change where I felt like I wasn't in control. So that a lot of fears came up there. So for about two months, two or three months, I was just dealing with that. Right. But, you know, luckily I've, I've gotten myself to the point where I can allow myself to feel things, even if they're very tumultuous and difficult and let them, you know, let them ride it out and see where they land. So, you know, two or three months of just dealing with a whole bunch of fear, straight up fear that came from different sides ended with hey, I don't feel it anymore. Right. Because if you let your feelings ride, they're going to ride themselves out to a place that, you know, it's a resolution. Right, run its course. Right, because I'm not, I wasn't trying to suppress them. I wasn't trying to talk them out of of me. Like, I wasn't trying to do anything with them. They just, they were there. Right. Every day, I wake up with it, I go to bed with it, I wake up with it, I go to bed with it. But eventually, it was just like, okay. And I think what happened was that my consciousness was like, okay, this is just one of the feelings you have. It serves no purpose. Right. It's quite distracting. And you can feel other things while you're feeling fear. And I think when you do that, the fear starts to subside and the actual connected set of feeling because fear is not a feeling that's connected to, you know, your root or your spirit. Right. The fear is totally connected to your ego. Right. Like fear is ego's way of making you make decisions to stick with your comfort zone, to protect yourself from anything new, uh, to do what's comfortable. You know, um, and avoid situations that there is unknown. 
we have no control. Like ego hates that shit. Right. So I think like the three months of writing it out basically allowed all these other feelings that are really connected to me, to my to my spirit and myself to come in and step in and the ego had no chance and they just had to leave the room. Right. So eventually, you know, one day I woke up and I'm like, I feel zero fear. It feels amazing. I feel great. And then when I went through a check and I was like, how does it feel for me to imagine that I'm on OKC and talking to people? I'm like, it feels great. I feel no fear. So I was like, hey, Tion, I feel no fear. I think it's fine. Right. You know, and uh, right before Tion went on tour, you know, I turned my OKC on and, you know, like he went on tour. I'm talking to these guys. You know, I'm talking to a couple of guys. There's nothing like super special going on. It's kind of fun to talk, but it's like, okay, whatever. And then this one day, this one guy pops up and totally like out of like my normal set of what I think I'm attracted to. Right. And I'm like, wow, I really like this dude. And, you know, uh, it went from I really like this dude to talking to him all the time while telling, you know, like keeping Tion updated and stuff. And then in a matter of like four days, I totally went into the same root issue that I've always had and gave Tion selected information. Right. Like didn't do the whole like, hey, you're going to write this thing out with me as if you're by my side. And I still like the whole ego trip of, nah, he doesn't need to know because it's uncomfortable for me to tell him. Right. We can leave this out. Right. You know, and nothing blew up. And uh, it was hard uh, because I actually really do like the dude. Right, right. But I think, you know, everything happens for a reason. And the wisdom of the last so many years of working on myself and working on figuring out what are my issues and how do I deal with my ego what happens when you know Tion and I agree and I full-heartedly agree and then I violate our agreement over and over again like that work wasn't wasted right through all our face plans and stuff uh, because what happened was I finally you know through this very quick face plant, I was like, holy shit, like the only way for me to not put myself in situations where I have to lose connections with people that I really like mm-hmm. is for me to actually figure it out. Right. Not because Tion wants me to, not because I've agreed to it, but because this now causes me like real distress because there are clearly people that I need to connect with right and the universe just showed that to me and just as quickly as she showed it to me she showed me how quickly I can lose it right when I operate out of fear when I allow my ego to make decisions for me when I do not stay connected to myself Right. So, you know, I, I, I finally kicked in where, like, I need time and space to actually figure out 
why Yula does what Yula does right. and what's the best way for me to change it. Right. Right. So this basically is a huge part of um, it wasn't the, the sole reason that you needed time because obviously this was happening as we were already getting time because I was on the road. Right. Um, but I think it's fascinating. It's really cool because what you've done with the time was aided by this big oh, yeah. rise and transition. Um, so after that, how did that really um, add to you needing this time? And what what did you start to do with this time? Well, I sat at home a lot. Right. You know? Um, I don't know what people think, you know, happens when you're gone. Right. But I spend a lot of time at home. And this time, it was more so than, uh, than any other time. I, I felt super calm and not antsy at all to be at home. You know, I worked and I hung out with the kids and I spent a lot of time on my own figuring out what is going on with me, what's happening, why do I do what I do? And then also like basically allowing myself to hear myself. Right. Like, it was yeah. a lot of time that looked like me just hanging out at home, doing a bunch of nothing or going on long walks by myself. Um, but it was me giving myself uh, time to listen to really like my own voice. And the more that I started to listen to my own voice, the more I started to share with you what that voice was saying. Right. And it wasn't always pretty, you know, was not always like very grace graceful. But I think that, you know, what happened with this time uh, that, you know, you, you were out, it was one of our most productive times speaking with each other and hearing each other. You know, I think that it was, we, we had very difficult conversations that were very sensitive because of what I, you know, what I, what my voice was telling me and I was sharing it with you and how it was coming out. In real time. In real time, a lot. Like we spent hours on the phone this time, which was very different from the normal trips that you take. Right. You know, normally we don't spend a lot of time on the phone. This time we spent hours and hours and hours on the phone and the conversations were different because we would, A, we would get into them because I wanted to get into them. Right. Which is a big change for us. Prior to this, all of our difficult, sensitive conversations were caused by Tion going on on, on uh, digging expeditions. Right. It was basically right, right. pulling... Extractions. Extractions, you know, pulling information out of me. And this time it felt like, no, there were certain things that I really needed to share with him. And I would like call and be like, hey, I need to talk to you. And we would be on the phone for an hour and then I have to go do something. And then we're on the phone for another two hours. But 
the flow of the conversations was different because yes, I would initiate it. We would get into something that's very sensitive. We would both have a what felt like a beginning of our normal reaction to each other, mm-hmm. but then we both would catch it, like on on independently from each other. Like you would catch it on your side that you're reacting in mm-hmm. a way that would, if we continue this way, right? We already know, like the cycle, and neither one of and I knew it on my end. So we both managed each time to give each other like give the other person enough space and benefit of the doubt and respect of hey i'm just gonna listen i know i'm having this reaction to what you're saying but i'm gonna put my my own ego uh you know aside and just let it let it ride Right. And then, like, we wrote out a lot of these conversations, like at least five or six very difficult ones. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, for, for me, you know, this trip was, you know, this the first part of the trip, probably the first two or three weeks yeah. we were going through it, was super sensitive because, you know, the time apart is not common, but it used to be. So it wasn't super unfamiliar, but... Eula was going through a dramatic change, um, getting back out there, which was a big thing for both of us. It was yeah. very, very big and like, you know, so big that I was actually <laughs> oh I was actually with a girl that I met on OKCupid at her house. And I told her, hey, so, you know, my wife's going on her first date with a dude that I mean, this is a big, big deal. Right. Um, so she's going to call and I got to make sure that I hold space for her and and celebrate with her and that. Right. And so I'm having this conversation with Eula while I'm in bed right. with this woman. And needless to say, even though she was super cool and now she's cool. It didn't go well. I didn't stay in that house much like longer after right. the conversation because <laughs> it got super icy. Um, and I, I left, but we're cool now. We talked about it, but uh, you know, it was a big, big thing. So, but through what happened and how it played out, um, I was able to see some things that did not sit right, that were showing signs of. Um, right, I didn't. I still. I, I. I had my. Yeah, my. I let my ego choose what to say and what not to say, what to what to share and what not to share, and the whole problem. You know, like the. The time that we've had, the conversations that we've had, the kind of root work that I've been I found a way to do right. you know is is letting me see it super clearly like all of our problems all of my face plans all of that stuff has nothing to do with you being sensitive uh, you know about me being you know sexual with other men right it all has to do with the fact that I allowed myself the luxury of picking and choosing what I share and how I share and when I share. Right. And, and it's not, you know, it's not a problem because I don't have the freedom to share what I want to share and how I want to share. It's only a problem because the information that I choose not to share is very tailor-made. Right. It's very much like, Ooh, I don't want to share with Tion that I'm actually, you know, sexting. Right. So I'm going to pretend that I'm not. Right. And I pretend yeah. 
to Tion and I can't pretend to Tion and not pretend to myself. So it fucks with my head to where I don't think like I don't think steps through. And you know, like like hiding information from you also in a weird ass way hides it from me. Doesn't make it real. I know on one plane that, yeah, I'm totally sexting with this dude and I'm absolutely, totally, obviously attracted to him. But then because I'm not sharing with you, it's not really real. So when I'm face to face with him, because I had not made it real to myself, because I hid it from you and that takes my, you know, like ego will do that. I hadn't thought it all through and I didn't tell myself, dude, you're going out with this with this man. You're super attracted to him. Right. It's like 10 o'clock at night. Right. You're most likely going to end up having sex. Like that conversation with myself did not happen. Right. Like at all. And not because I'm naive, but because I had allowed my ego to hide it from you, which also hid it from my super consciousness. Right. And that's the whole problem. Then my decisions are made out of some half-ass, like, teenage state. You know, like, I'm acting as if I'm, I, I, I don't know any better. Like, oh, uh, it just happened. Well, it didn't just happen. Right. Like, you, if, if I was conscious and eyes wide all the way, it would have been an amazing experience for right. everyone involved, including Tion. Right. But, you know, because it's so much technically easier to allow the ego to protect everyone from it. By the time you are in game mode, right. you're fucking up because you didn't, you didn't consciously prepare. Right. And then the process, so the process that happens then is, um, I have, I get back into my, um, not only extraction and detangling state, but then I have to find a way to, go through it with Eula talking to her to get both parties of her, the both the critical parent who's right. conscious and connected and the one who made the decisions yeah. in the same room at the same time to help them both realize what happened. Because the first step is um, the feeling that Eula doesn't understand what happened. Like she's playing, um, part of her is playing the role. Like, I don't know what happened. I mean, it just kind of happened. But then I have to go through and be like, no, we know what happens because we've walked through this and stuff like that. So it becomes this really deep process. This one was very different for several reasons. One, um, we haven't gone through this process when I've been gone. Right. So we didn't have the luxury of us laying together or even being next to each other, whether we're I'm available to be touched or not. We're still close. Um, We didn't have that everyday activity. Well, tomorrow we're going painting. So we we didn't have any of that. Um, and also she really, really, really liked this dude and it was yeah. causing a deeper rift in her internal self. So, and I knew that and I felt that. And so for a period of time, it was so raw and so vulnerable that for a period of time, we didn't, I didn't, we didn't know what was going to happen. Like I didn't, honestly, I didn't know if this one felt so strong that this was going to be the one where she's like, I'm going to do this. And, you know, that's what's going to happen. And I have to go through whatever that means, right? It got, it was so raw and so unpredictable. It really felt like it was on, 
it was on uncharted territory because of the level of, of depth um, and width that this one caused being that we're not together either. So I'm looking at Eula from a perspective of like, that's someone that I'm close to that I've been with, but now I'm not. I'm, a, I'm, I'm not physically with her. Um, we're at this impasse and I don't know which direction it's going to go. And it created this super heightened level of vulnerability, of uncertainty, of destabilization and like um, reflection of how much this person means to me, how much the relationship means to me and how very aware that this may be the one time that we don't come back together and that maybe Eula doesn't see what I'm seeing that I thought we were seeing. And that was a very um, awakening moment. It was very like, she may just be like, look, I don't agree with you. And despite all the things that you've pointed out, it doesn't, that's cool, but that's not how I feel or see with this guy. And so, and it took a while. It took like weeks. Yeah. And you know, a series of conversations where I'd be like, "Hey, no, but I really want to." And you're like, "All right, well, cool. You can do whatever you want to do." Right. You know, and and then I go back and I go, "Yeah, I can do whatever I want to do." But then, you know, I picture of technically how it would work. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Yeah, no, I really cannot live with." A rift like that between us, right? Because this is not how we agreed that our life will be. You know, like feeling a gap between us is not something that we have ever felt. Right. Yeah, we, we've never had a moral difference. No. You know, we may have a difference of initial opinion, but a lot of times our difference of opinion is. Either our egos tangling, or one of us is still in that space of ego, and we haven't we haven't found the language um, to get ourselves back to that core. Well, and that's exactly what happened in this situation. Right. You know, uh, it it took me longer, you know, to figure to to come back to that. Right. To the to to the clear to the clarity of okay, well, yeah, you really like him. And he probably is a super cool person for you to connect with. But the way that you went about it is still flawed. So it's just not going to work out. And you need to let that go. Right. And if it's meant to work out through some other, you know, avenue, it will. But you need to let that go. It's the ego trip to be like, no, but I deserve this. No, but I want this. No, but like if you want it so bad, if you deserve it so much, you will put the effort into doing it right on the front end. Right. And not, you know, demand the luxury of I'm going to half-ass it, but then still ask for you to treat it as if I did everything that like we agreed to. Right. You know, and that's, that's totally an ego trip. And it's, it's very, uh, it's super cool to be at this on this side because I'm able to go. I mean, the, there's a reason why everything happens. And I can, I, I think it's one of the, stronger times that I feel it because 
I still really like the dude. Right. You know, but I feel like that is a good catalyst. Like that's the catalyst that I need to teach myself how to not do it again. You right, know, and understand to right. really understand what are the, my real issues? Like, what is it that I'm fighting when I choose to not share certain information with you? Right. You know, so that's a whole next, you know, set of questions. Like, what is it I, that, you know, I finally decided that is going to work for me? Right. And so know? recapping, this is part of the, this part of the, what we're discussing, you know, it was hardcore. Um, but when you look at it in summation, it woke us both back up into this level of vulnerable space to each other where we're both very vulnerable, very aware of like very like feeling yeah. feelings like we, you know, we work hard and we go through stuff, but our core has been so thick that it's we both go through it and I know for myself I can speak for myself no matter what pain I'm feeling I'm like it's gonna pass because okay. it's not malicious and we're on the same page it's just gonna pass um, so when you get something that like a super change or a super growth period that really goes so deep that it has to crack some of that yeah. nonchalance and it wakes you back up and it makes you it brings you closer because you realize how fragile and how one or two decisions to the left or right, if we're not aware, can change yeah. everything. And we could be looking back 10 years later like, damn, we could have, right. but we didn't. So it brought us back to this point where a lot of times it's usually one of us is really sensitive and the other one's not, but right. just holding space. This one, we were both very, yeah. very sensitive and like, you know, so it kind of just like literally that, that, that essence of life that they talk about. When you're really close to death, like a near-death experience, or you just you're so awake and you're so alert, you feel everything, and that's kind of what it was. So we made it through that. We we put the we reached each other's hands and we put the pieces back together to where we are in that state of duress. And then Eula got to take that and go back into this time alone. So that's where we're at now. We're like so once we made it through the storm, like the chaos, and we kind of dust started to settle. Um, we're still raw, but it, it settled. Right. Um, what did you, how did you use that? Like, what did that, what did you, like, how did you use that to change your habits to really start making this, uh, this experience different than the last so, times? You know, the stuff that came out, I think because the feelings were so raw that a lot of uh, conversation stayed you know the conversation stayed super real mm -hmm. and I was not defending myself but I was straight up telling you how I felt which was un uncensored right so you know I think one of the most important conversations that we had was when I told you that I was tired of feeling that I was being judged right and that one was extremely sensitive to you because you're like, what the fuck? What did I do to make you feel like I'm judging you? Right. And I had to like go deep and explain what that meant and explain that it was uh, not just you that I felt was judging me. Right. 
it was all the friends that knew of all of my face plans that unknowingly were thinking they were helping me, but they were really straight up judging me. Right. Like, dude, what the fuck? How could you not have told T on this? Right. Well, do you think I did this on purpose? Like, right. if it was easy, I would have told him. Right. You know, like, come on. Like, but that's being judged. Right. You know, and collectively, it felt like every time that I didn't do it the way that the whole world expected me to it just was like more judgment you right. know and judgment in our lives originates in our childhood right. you know i was not allowed to have an a minus if i had an a minus at school that meant i failed right so like i grew up with this whole like you have to be perfect so right. for me to start going through these face plans right repeatedly it's a lot you know so I've realized that I've accumulated this whole load of, I feel judged. Right. And, you know, uh, once you, like, once I felt that, I was like, well, what does that mean? Right. Well, it means that I do not trust Tion to take my honesty and uh, be kind with it. Which means, you know, it just means I don't trust Tion. Right. Which is an insanely crazy thing to realize and share with Tion and figure out what the hell do I do with it. Right. Like that was probably the most difficult, sensitive thing for you to hear from me. Right. And part of the reason why I was so sensitive is because when it was coming out, we hadn't got to the point where you made it clear that it wasn't that I was judging you. Right. You know, you know, it was the expectation that you set and we set for yourself that you weren't meeting up to that was creating a response that in your mind was reinforcing the no. times you'd failed. You know, and that's what was resonating with you. Like, there's three parts to that, right? There's we agree and you state this is how I'm going to do it I got it then the second step is you're not doing that and then the third step is me going I thought we had this what happened and then the fourth step is you feeling like you failed and you're being judged for your failure but what resonates most out of those four steps when you're in that state is just the fourth step yep and my question of the two last two steps, what the fuck happened? Right. And then you feel like shit. Right. And so like in that state, when you're explaining that raw spark, it wasn't that you weren't seeing one and two. It's just in that state, you're like, all I'm really, what's resonating with me, what's triggering me back to my old stuff is two, is three and four. What the fuck happened? Right. It's, and it, then... it's it's literally just like it's it wasn't even the conscious of you know when it happens, but it's like dude, I am tired of just be feeling like I'm being judged all the time. Right. You know that I'm under the microscope, that I can do this and can do that. So that was, you know, like once I heard myself say that, and once I realized like I really don't trust him, like right. I trust him in every other aspect of our lives. And then this one, I just don't. Right. You don't trust. You got. But you should spell it out for everybody. You don't trust that Tion will. Right. That Tion will hear my actual truth. Right. 
and be like, yeah, that's great. And welcome it. Right. Right. So I go, well, logically, does my logic confirm that? Like, does right. Tion logically, like, like, do I logically agree with that? And I'm like, no, it's just like, it's an emotion. Right. So you go, okay, well, logically, I know who Tion is, and I know that, yeah, it, it's probably sensitive, as it is to every normal person, as it is for me, when, you know, he connects with somebody else. Of course it's sensitive, but is it sensitive to where he's gonna not welcome it? Right. No, like, he, if I feel, you know, if I feel attracted and I want to connect with a person, right. he'll be like, yeah, of course. Right. But that's not what my emotion was telling me. Right. So, you know, that actually, that realization felt like relief because it felt like, okay, I got it. Like, I found the root. Like, I found the root of my, like, repetitive resistance uh, to, or resentment to telling the, how I actually feel. Right. You know, and I have to normalize how I feel to myself, and then I have to start really rewiring my brain. Right. And then, you know, I, I, you know, we talked about, oh, checklist this, checklist that. I'm like, right. yeah, checklists don't work for me. Right. So it seems like, all right, well, figure out what works for you because something has to work. Right. Or we're going to keep doing this. Right. And uh, I just started writing. Right. You know, like pen to paper has always done wonders to me and I didn't know did not know what I was going to write but I just started writing and eventually it turned into very precise three different sets of writings that helped me literally rewire my brain just like I've been doing gratefuls every single day for the last five or six years right and that rewires your brain to see things that you're grateful for versus things that you're tired of or that makes you that make you unhappy. This thing, uh, you know, like the writing of I literally started writing. I trust that Tion loves me just the way I am. Right. Uh, and it what started out with this I'm just gonna write this right and and I'm gonna write this every day and I'm gonna trust that it's gonna help right and miraculously like two weeks into it or three weeks into it or it's been over a month now I think right yeah like, like you can see how <laughs> it actually goes from I trust that Tion loves me the way just the way I am to I feel it right to I know it I can feel it I can tell I understand I and and it becomes my own so I you know like there's a lot of it, it's fascinating what happens when uh, I make my own decision to uh figure things out. I mean, it's really super fascinating that you can actually 
rewire your brain. Right. Um, by repetitively explaining, you know, what's happening. So that's kind of, that's, that's, you know, <laughs> the majority of what I'd been doing. And, you know, I had a panic attack before you came back because I felt like, well, what if all that I've been doing is just gonna go to waste and I'm not gonna keep doing it while Tion's here. Right. Yeah. And it's all gonna revert to where I was before. I mean, it was a significant panic attack. Right. So what did you do? How did you walk yourself through that to find the resolve? And have uh, you been able to keep it up since Tion's been home? Well, I had like a six to eight hour long panic attack, which does not usually happen with me. And it was all about, I feel super scared that I'm just going to go back to where everything was before he left. And then um, the only way that I could get out of the panic attack was by literally sitting my ass down and going, hey, you are in charge of how you want to feel, regardless of where you wake up, regardless of who wakes up next to you, regardless of how much space you think you have to yourself. You can always create space and you can always choose what you want to do every single day of your life. And I sat there and I wrote it out, like exactly like that. Right. And then that instantly took me out of this whole space. I stopped trying to rely on you to give me reassurance that everything's going to be okay. I was literally like, hey, you're in charge of how you want to feel. So if you want to feel helpless and, and like things are going to go back to, you know, how, you, how it was, you can do that. Or you can decide that they're not right. and make sure they don't. So right. it's all up to you. And then that literally snapped me out of it. I shared exactly that whole thing verbatim with uh, one of my, you know, closest girlfriends. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to write this every day for myself and I'm going to send it to you so that you know I did it. Right. And it's been... When did you come back? On the 4th. Oh, I met you. Tuesday ago. No. A week ago, Tuesday. But we met... On, oh, the, yeah, on the yeah, 30th yeah, 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 yeah. so yeah like you know like whatever two weeks right something like that uh and that became one of the pieces that i do you know for myself every day right i'm like i literally can choose what mood i want to wake up in what mood i want i want to stay in during the day who i want to have around me what kind of energy i want to have around me what do i create by making decisions, you know, how I affect others, how others affect me. And I literally write that stuff out. Right. And so what role does Tion play in this new process and walking yourself through the panic attack? If any. Tion has always been who Tion is like it literally feels like 
Tion's looking at me like I'm crazy because he's like, I've been this way. Like what you are proving to yourself now, like I've been this way with you, without you for the last whatever, you know, we've been together for, I don't know, 17 years. Like I've always been the same person. Uh, so Tion has always been the full on stable rock. And I feel like I'm the rabbit that runs around in circles. And then like, oh, look what I discovered. And he's like, yep, I know it's been sitting here in the exact same position for the last 20 years. But great, you found it now. Awesome. Right. Yeah. So what, you know, well, my contribution and my, my challenge and my responsibility is um, it's the same that we have with our with our children in that there are times due to our experience in certain areas that we see things that they don't see yet that they're going through that may help them uh, minimize the damage that may happen but they need to go through it at their own pace and path so we have to be able to both share it and every now and then remind them but understand just because we're sharing it doesn't right. mean they're going to digest it the right. same way and when yeah. we do yeah. um, you know and so like with the repetitious writing thing, I've been advocating using a cheat sheet and having all this stuff written out, plan A through plan Z, both internal fears and actual plan of action with humans for a long, long time. And so, you know, this was the time when it resonated for her in her own way and her own translated to where now she's doing it and seeing that, you know, it's like I've tried every analogy from like, okay, jazz musicians, Jazz musicians, when they're live, they improv very well because they train every day <laughs> to where they have so many different scenarios of training that everything is second nature. And the Warriors, when they were winning championships, they didn't call a lot of plays when they were on the court because they trained so much that they knew each other and they they were been through every you know and whatever else. I don't know there's probably a million analogies, <laughs> um, but it was my responsibility though to not ever get in the state of. I told you so, right. and not get in the state of, you should do it like I do it when I do it. And you should see how this is the this is the way. It's not my way. It's the way. I guarantee you, if you do this every day, you will be better. And if you don't, shame on you for not doing it today. Um, and it's a hard thing to do. Oh, it's super challenging to do that. I mean, it's, I, I you know, like, I don't tell you, you know, every time that I think of it, but, you know, um, because it would be like constant, but I was like, you know, thank God I'm allowed for all this space, you know, thank God we have our whole entire life where everything else works out so well that there is a luxury, you know, of having me you know take all this time that I apparently have needed right like every minute of it to get myself to the place where I'm like okay I'm ready right and this is how I'm gonna do it right and, and that's so we, what we what were trying to share as you guys know because if you're listening to this you've probably listened to other ones before is our special sauce that keeps us together is not because we're just naturally synced up it's not because we're we're so alike and we just we think everything. If we the were same so time, alike, I would have been doing exactly what you asked me to do like ten right. years ago. Yeah, right. It's not any of that. It's that we give each other space to be honest, to be vulnerable, to make mistakes, and all of that. And we know that that is taxing 
And so knowing that there's always going to be storms ahead because we're going to keep growing, we make sure that we build so many different points of enjoyment, of connection with each other to where when one or two are going through renovation (laughs) or being demolished to build something new, it's not our everything. It's just a part of so many different things. So we generate enough nourishment to give me patience and uh, really good spiritual aloe vera to to heal up. And then it gives you um, enough nourishment um, to not only go through what she has to go through on her internal diet, but also to know that she can go deep and I'm not going to leave or I'm not going to be mad at her that it's taking her so long. Um, And that's truly the fabric of what keeps us going, keeps us together. And that's the biggest challenge we see in a lot of relationships is if they don't have a lot of points of communication, they're not honest with each other. One big major thing like this can make them in the relationship, even though it can just be the beginning of the relationship right. because they, they haven't, their foundation is not built to withstand that. Um, one big thing like this and they go, I don't trust this person. I knew I shouldn't. I just freak out. And I just, you know, like all that type of stuff. So, you know, hopefully through us sharing this so raw and keeping it really raw and authentic helps you guys see more than just these, these people have an amazing relationship and it's so easy for them. And they speak of it <laughs> like it's not it. And it's, it, it's, we know when people say that they don't mean to demean us because they're not thinking of it that way, but it's very demeaning. And like, you know, one person I connected with on the road, it was great for a week or so. But then like, you know, sensitivity kicks in. And all of a sudden I'm getting these weird questions like, you know, well, you know, is it going to change when we when you go home or you're not going to talk to me as much? And I'm like, you know, because I know you're married and this and this and that. This and this. And I'm kind of, I was like, well, I appreciate you kind of asking, but you should just ask me, like, how is right. it going to be? Because, you know, it's funny is I have people at home going. So when you go on the road, I don't want to sit down. I'm a stander. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, it's the same thing. I feel at home being like, so when you go on the road, is it going to be different? Are you going to talk less? I'm like, you know, like I'm the same either way. But then it was like, you know, we're talking about, you know, non-monogamy. And she's like, I like the freedom, but, you know, I get jealous and stuff like that. I'm like, well, that's a part of everybody's thing. And then she's like, yeah, but I know whatever answers you're giving me, it's coming from the perspective of a married man who already has his <laughs> primary and all that stuff. So and I was like, no, 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 no. Like I had to be this way to make sure I got and stay with the right one. Yeah. <laughs> if I wasn't this way and I was more concerned about security than my growth, there is probably four others I probably would have married and missed this boat. Right. And so and she's like, so please don't say it's easy for you to say because you have it. I'm like, no, right. I had to get it before I had it. It didn't come the other way. Yeah, you have to earn it. Like we've had to earn every single step of the way. And you start telling people, you know, like like we're sharing now. You know, the reality is I, you know, wake up before five. I do my gratefuls. I do my first set of writing. I choose the mood I want to be in. You know, I go to the gym, then I do another set of writing, then I do another set of writing. I mean, it's work. Right. You know, and it's work because I want to get from point A that I've, I'm, I finally got tired of to, you know, point B that's going to give us both a new 
view on things. Yeah. But I gotta put a lot of work into it so we can get there safely finally. Yeah. It's a it's a dance that both parties have to do. We yeah. have to both nourish ourselves as individuals. That's why it's important for us to have the freedom to generate more nourishment inside, outside, around side, with people, through personal creative stuff, alone, together, because there are gonna be times when the relationship needs infusion of love and nourishment, not just gonna feed everybody. And if you don't have access to outside ways of generating your own, then you're walking off of a deficit. So we're gonna wrap this up, but the moral of this story is it's really fucking hard to be our honest self over and over again. It's really, really hard. It's very scary. Um, And also for a long lasting, healthy, honest relationship, one of the best things you can give each other is time apart. Yes. There's a way time. Like, my uncle's the funniest dude. He's like, man, me and my wife have been married for almost 45 years. I'm like, yeah, what's the secret? He's like, we don't spend all the time together. Mm-hmm. Like, we really spend a lot of time apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of those things that, due to fear um, and insecurity, a lot of people don't give each other that. Right, but here's the thing. that You know, my parents are like that, like that because... You know, my dad always traveled, but it was always for business. Right. You know, it's one thing to to be to use what you know the life setup gives you that's socially acceptable. Right. And you understand that hey, this thing actually works out to our benefit. Right. And it's totally different to consciously create to say it. Say it like, look, we need time apart. When right. you, you should go somewhere. Like, like. Think about this in your guys' relationship, and if you do it, or if you do it, kudos. If you don't, think about why you do it, why you don't. When's the last time either one of you have said, you know what? Like, I think you should go away for like have, go away for like a weekend. It's or, a or super days. scary thing, like you know. Or what? like, I want to go. You know what, honey? I think I'm gonna go away for a few days. Yeah. Well, what are you gonna do? I don't know. Yeah, I mean that that that's a level of you know of freedom not and and connection that has taken us this long you know and it's been conscious that we've been trying and i mean there's so many layers of sensitivity yeah Uh, yeah so you know one of the truths is we all like security and stability but we all despise restriction so let's not be giving each other so much security that it becomes restriction Okay. Security is like, I got you. Do what you need to do. I'm with you. Right. Restriction is like, oh, you need to go somewhere? Nah. No. Nope. Why do you have to go? No. Nope. We have everything here. Yep. Nope. <laughs> Sorry. So, yeah. So that's the Black Russian Podcast, episode 43. Long and strong and down and get the friction on. <laughs> deep dive. Deep, deep time suck. Suck on all this re- introspection and, and connective fascia spiritual fascia gooey gooey but yeah so we're grateful that we're still here we made it and by the time we came back when we connected from the tour um we were able to celebrate and not just be so exhausted from the from the lumpy bumpies that we forgot that we actually had an amazing opportunity and a blessing to do what we've just done and that's my blessing my gratitude foodie pooty. Yeah, no, I'm grateful that we're here and recording this podcast. And I'm definitely grateful that we have the wherewithal to treat, uh, 
you know, financial uh, resources, just like you would treat spiritual resources. You know, the more you give, the more you get. Right. Circulate it, generate it. Circulate, generate, you know, spend, create opportunities for other people because that all comes back. And that allows us to do things like this and not be so rigid with what is it going to cost? Well, the co- what's the cost of not doing it? Right. Yeah. A lot of good stuff. So we appreciate you guys. We want to say a big rest in peace to our good brother, Wake Self, who tragically passed away a week ago. But like we said, energy transmits beyond physical form. I've been having a good lesson of that. We've been having a good lesson of that since my mm-hmm. mom transitioned. So although physical form is gone and the way it happened is so unfair, uh, connection still there. All his music and art and just his voice and his goofiness still there. So big up. Life is impermanent. Be aware. Be awake. Give love. Let's be honest. Let's talk about it. The Black Russian Podcast, episode 43. Ciao.